0: Hello and welcome back to homeschool.com 2007 Winter Homeschooling Teleconference. My name is Rebecca Kokendurfer and I am your host for this event. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Cooney Beasley. Well, he's going to be teaching us how we can uh, finish a textbook in half the time with twice the comprehension. So you're going to want to uh, grab some paper and pen because he's going to give you uh step-by-step instructions on how to take notes from a textbook so that you can get the most out of it. Uh, Dr. Beasley is an expert in accelerated learning strategies. His program, Gateway Preparatory School, uh, is uh, has graduated students uh from high school as young as age thirteen, and he boasts graduates from the University of Texas at age sixteen The University of State of New York at 17, Oral Roberts University at 18, and a multitude of students in medical schools, law schools, and graduate programs at major universities. Dr. Beasley provides consultation on college selection, application, funding, and enrollment. In addition, he provides training on SAT and college study skills. He works with Howard Stephen Berg, the world's fastest reader, and we interviewed the two of them in our 2006 summer homeschooling teleconference, and his uh, passion is assisting students to learn better and faster. So welcome, Dr. Beasley, and thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me.
0: It's an honor and pleasure. I know we have a lot to cover and only an hour to do it. I think you have about two hours' worth of material and only an hour.
1: That's right. We're really going to have to do some accelerated learning here.
0: Okay. <laughs> fortunately you're the expert in that, so we're in good hands.
1: Okay. Well, it's good that you're recording this because I'll, a lot of the stuff that I'm going to explain tonight, you're probably not going to catch the first time, so I highly suggest that people get a copy of the recording and to have it with them and to review it quite frequently because it's going to help you learn faster.
0: And the recordings are available at homeschool.com you can either buy the CD or it's much more affordable if, if to uh, just get the downloadable version. It's a dollar, and that way you can uh, put it on an MP3 player or record your own CD. So if you have a high-speed Internet, we sure recommend that. So, uh, Dr. Beasley, how would you like to proceed? Would you like to start in now by giving the step-to-step instructions, and I'll just pretty much stay out of your way?
1: Well, I can give some step-to-step instructions. I need to give them a little bit of uh, philosophy so we have the thinking gears working in the back of the head here a little bit. Yes, please. And uh, this is uh, actually derived from uh, two programs. Uh, One, of course, is Howard's speed reading program, and the other is uh, a book called, of all things, How to Read a Book. It was written by Mortimer Adler. He was the editor of Encyclopedia Britannica for many years, and Uh, co-author of the Great Books of the Western World series. And um, what I did was I I was teaching students, and I was attempting to teach students uh, Howard's program, and I said there's got to be a more systematic way of applying this to specific text. And uh, it just dawned on me that uh, Dr. Adler had developed four levels of reading, and those levels are elementary, inspectional, analytical, and syntopical. And so a hierarchy was set up in in how to read, and and I'm going to explain each one of these very quickly. Elementary reading, that's the basic words and sentences, paragraphs, and their meanings. It's more of a focus on phonics, vocabulary, and grammar, and uh, we pretty well should be functioning in this uh, by the sixth grade. So I'm not going to go into a lot on elementary level. Uh, the second level is inspectional, and that's what we're going to focus on tonight because for people to read textbooks, a significant portion of the information that they're going to need to extract from a textbook, they're going to be able to get by using an, an inspectional reading technique, which will be the one I will uh, go over this evening. An inspe- Inspectional reading is, is essentially a broad treatment of the, ma- of the material, um, usually done quickly, and it is the absolute minimum that you do the third level is called analytical reading and i won't have time to go into that but that's where you get into deeper content and the fourth level is called syntopical reading and that's where you read across multiple sources be they uh... multiple books or multiple chapters and uh... but we start out with linear reading that is the biggest thing that keeps people from being able to uh... read fast is that everyone is stuck with linear reading, the way 99.44% of the people read. They start with the first word, first sentence, first paragraph, and the first chapter of the book, and they read exactly the same way we read 2,000 years ago, one word at a time. Now, the problem with reading one word at a time is something that we refer to as unconscious incompetence. When you start reading, you have no idea of what's ahead, no idea of how the material is organized and you have no idea of the purpose of what you're reading why you're reading it you have no idea of what's important and so what happens is is you attempt to pull in all of the information well your brain, on a good day, is only going to be able to hold about seven items in short-term memory. So what happens is, is that your brain fills up on the first seven items, and item 8, item 9, item 10, all the way down the line, bounce off the top of your forehead. Unless something really important comes up, like item 21 or item 37, then you have to go into your brain and extract something to replace it. And that's what happens. That's how students who say, well I studied for six hours but they only learned for six minutes because they did not know what was important and they did not use a proper study technique when they began to read because reading by itself is not studying. Reading is one component of studying. And if you simply read and you use a linear reading technique, your brain is going to fill up very quickly and that's why, uh, the, the text, uh, seems to b- go blurry on, on students after a few minutes and they, they try to force their, their way through the text and, uh, it, it becomes very difficult. And, uh, and Rebecca, I'm gonna ask you this. How many times have you read a book on let's say you started on page one and you thought it was important information, you took detailed notes only to flip the page and find all of the data you took notes on very neatly arranged in a chart on the next page. (laughs) Uh, Has that all, ever happened to often. you
0: yes, and, I'll, and like you said i'll I'll remember ten minutes of it, and then i don't remember the rest
1: yes, and well, what happens is that you know we get frustrated we're not we're not applying systematic technique to to how we're reading. We will apply systematic techniques to m- many other things in our lives, but we we still read like we did in the sixth grade. The only thing that's different after the sixth grade is that our, our vocabulary gets bigger, and the print gets smaller.
0: what is so that? we what is- Oh, Dr. Beesey, I'm sorry to talk on top of you. There's a little bit of a lag here. What are the benefits? You know, why do we want to learn how to finish a textbook in half the time? I mean, obviously there's saving time. There well, you're exceptions? obviously saving
1: time, but it's obviously also that you're learning the material and you're able to organize the material and quickly reference the material so that if you need to get more information, if you need to to uh, reference something and get more detailed, you know where it is instead of thumbing back and forth uh, through the pages. When we analyze and study study, and, and study the study patterns of students, uh, almost 40% of the time students spend studying is called access time. That's time they're taking thumbing through stuff trying to find the information. Well, if you use our technique, you're going to be able to catalog where the information is located and get to it and significantly reduce the time it takes you to access it.
0: Plus, now, I'm looking at my son. He has this huge biology book. It's intimidating, and the odds are that maybe he'll be able to finish a third of it, maybe half. It would be nice if he could kind of finish the whole book and have, you know, a feel for the, all of the different topics.
1: That's that's right. And what we do is, is uh, um, we use the technique. And I'm going to start getting into the technicalities right now. Um, we we use a technique called scope, schema, scan, and skim. And uh, we teach people to use this technique because we can teach you to read the material four times faster than you would read it one time using a linear method, and you will retain more.
0: Of course, first... you and um, Mr. Berg, Howard Berg, are experts on how to finish high school in half the time and how to finish college in half the time. And I would assume that this, this note-taking textbook technique is um, crucial for that.
1: That's right. It, you know, it, it's it's all it all has to do with technology. Now, I'm, when when people think of technology, they think of machines. Technology is not simply machines. Technology is a different way of doing something that makes it more effective and more efficient. Okay, and, and I and I, um, I I I use the example of of mowing the grass. You can go out and mow grass and 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 pull each blade of grass one at a time. Or you can get a lawnmower that's going to cut it better, but you still have to push the lawnmower. Or you can get a riding lawnmower. Now, you still have to cover the same terrain, but one affords you the opportunity to do it better and faster. So, what we do is we teach people to get on the riding lawnmower. You're still going to have to cover every inch of the yard, but you can do it better and faster. It's like washing dishes. Uh, you know, you're gonna to have to wash the dishes. You can do it by hand or you can use a dishwasher. So what we do is we teach people these techniques so that they can be more like a dishwasher and a riding lawnmower than going out and pulling each blade of grass one at a time.
0: Why aren't we taught these techniques in school? I mean, I'll bet our other callers have never, you know, heard about this either.
1: Well, because most of the people who are teaching in school don't know this technique. They could, most of the people who are out there, 99.44% of them still read the same way they read uh, in sixth grade. Again, they've got more vocabulary, they may read a little faster, uh, and but they've not established a technique. They're not dealing with the reading material the same way they're dealing with a lot of other elements in society. Uh, we haven't changed our thinking and how we read. They think if you sit and, and concentrate and, and squint your eyebrows enough that somehow you're going to pick up the information better, and that's simply not the case.
0: I've been listening to this fabulous history program that's audio CDs. It's a hundred different biographies, and it comes. each person comes with the... A printout sheet, it's a summary of that person's life. So you read it first, you listen to it, you read it again, and I've been amazed at my retention. And I guess the idea is that you read it and then it's telling your brain, this is what to pay attention to. And you're right. using the same philosophy in your technique, aren't you?
1: Well, what we do is we use, uh, uh, we, we want to establish pegs in the brain. We want to put things in the brain that the brain is familiar with, and it's so much easier to attach new information to old information than it is to try to, to stack new information in an unorganized fashion. So what we try to do is teach the techniques so that your brain will become familiar with the material before you have to get into any of the details. And and we, we also use it, uh, this uh, technique to help people with group study. We've just managed to uh, recently um, work with a group of uh, 12 to 16-year-olds to work through the CLEP exam using a uh, version of this in collaborative learning where they each take a slice of the material and put the material together. And because everyone's been exposed to the material in some some different way, they all have little dots or pegs there, and it's so much easier to connect the dots if you already have dots there.
0: Of course, if you're able to finish these textbooks and finish your learning earlier, you can graduate from high school with college credits under your belt, and that certainly saves you time and money as well.
1: That's right. You just, the, you know, the, the reading itself is just a more efficient and effective way of learning. Now, if you take that, uh, efficiency and effectiveness and apply it, uh, you know, in a larger scale, yes, you're going to finish courses faster, and you're going to be able to accelerate your way Uh, through your education. And we've had a lot of students do that. And and it doesn't make the students smarter. It just means that they're much better equipped. Uh, uh, A student who is going to cut grass with a riding lawnmower is going to be able to cut grass faster and cut a lot more grass than somebody who has to pull grass one blade at a time. So it doesn't mean that one is less intelligent or less capable, but one is just better equipped.
0: Well, gosh, I'm ready. Are you ready to go forward, and we'll take notes, and you'll give us the step-by-step instructions on how to do it. Okay,
1: this? we can do this. And it's, 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 it's a relatively simple process, and, again, it is scope, schema, scan, and skim. Now, the first thing we do is we're going to, and we generally do this a chapter at a time or a section at a time. We, we don't want to get beyond, let's say, 20 to 25 pages in a chunk in which, in when, we, in when we do this, because we want to be able to get our information down into manageable pieces. So let's say we're going into chapter one of a book. We're going to scope the book first, scope the chapter And all we simply do is we put our finger at the front page and put another finger at the back page, and we thumb through. We're not reading. We are looking, much like you do when you go to a bookstore and you thumb through to figure out whether or not you like the book. You're doing the same thing as you're going to thumb through, not so much figuring out whether or not you, you like the chapter, but getting enough of an idea of the chapter so that your brain can start uh, putting little, little dots in, back there so that you have something to connect with. And so uh, it should take you less than 30 seconds to simply thumb through. You're not reading. You're just looking. You're trying to figure out what's there. And when you get to the back of the chapter... Uh you're going to look at what's called the back information. In most textbooks in the back, you will have a summary, you'll have questions, you'll have terms. So we want the students, when they do the scope, end up at the back of the chapter. And guess what? In the back of the chapter, everything that the author thinks is important is in the back of the chapter. So now you have what's called purpose. You now know what you need to be looking for. Okay,
0: so excuse me, Doctor Beasley. So you look at the back of the chapter. Are you looking for the summary there or the questions that they're asking?
1: You're looking at everything in the back of the chapter.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. That's what you're doing now. Is you're looking at everything in the back of the chapter. And if you are uh uh wanting to take notes, you can start taking notes now or you can start taking notes at the at the uh um, the next, the, 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 either you can start taking notes at schema or you can start taking notes at skim. It depends on, on where and how much detail you want to take notes. I generally don't start taking notes until I start doing the skim portion, but you can start taking notes now and what the notes that you would be taking over would be over the summary and the terms and the questions. Now what we do is we teach our students to uh, either use uh, a word processor on the PC and to set up a table with three columns. Or, if you're doing this paper and pencil, is you get some lined paper and you put down three columns. And so, what you're going to do is is take what we call block notes. And I'll get into the detail in that in a second.
0: May I just but, clarify one thing, uh, Dr. Beasley? When you're okay. looking at the back of the chapter, is that still considered
1: to be scope? And when you're at the back of the chapter, you're now going to transition from scope to schema.
0: That's schema. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay. From the back of the chapter, you now know, uh, the important things that the author has determined. You know, if the, impor- if the author lists questions and he lists terms and he puts a summary in, you, you know, that's pretty well telling you what's important. So, from that information, your brain is now going to be able to pay attention to the important things and not bog itself down with the unimportant things.
0: Okay, excellent. So because so,
1: because when you take a test, they, they can't give you a question in every single sentence in the text. They're going to give you questions on what is most important.
0: Okay. And then number step three is scan.
1: Yeah, but we're not there yet. Oh
0: we're not? Okay, great.
1: Okay. We're still at the back of the book, and we're going to do a schema. Uh-huh. Schema means that we want to figure out how the author has the information organized. So from the back of the book, we are going to thumb to the front of the book, or the back of the chapter to the front of the chapter. And we're going to thumb through a little slower. We're trying to pick up and locate important information. Now, we're not reading the text. We're simply looking. We're going to be looking for things such as illustrations, tables, uh, captions, we're going to be looking at things such as uh, distinctive text, highlighted text, bolded text, um, italics. We're going to look at headings. We're going to look at subdivisions, uh, subchapters and sections. And all we want to do is mentally locate these things. Know that they are there. Okay? Just know that they are there. And as we thumb thumb back, it should take us about a minute to thumb back from the back of the chapter to the front of the chapter. We're getting the schema. We want to map out how the author has arranged the information so we can begin to organize our brain the same way the author has organized his information. So we've done a scope to figure things out. We're getting a schema to see how it's organized. And so once we finish the schema, we're back to the front of the chapter. You with me?
0: I am. I'm so excited about this. I can't tell you.
1: <laughs> okay. Now we're at the front of the chapter and we're going to do a scan. The scan is we're going to go for a little bit more detail. Now we've noticed that there are uh, uh, bolded and headings and distinctive text. Now we're going to start taking notes. And as we go through and taking the no- these notes, all we're going to do is jot down in our three-column note, the left-hand column. We're going to jot down important information. The only thing that we're going to jot down is the is the, the main words of the important information. We're not going to fill it in yet. So as we go through, everything that's bold, everything that is in italics or any kind of distinctive text, uh, Subsection headings, we're going to jot those down on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, in the right-hand column, we're going to write down what page numbers these are on. That way we're cataloging the information. We're telling our brain, here are the dots, and here are where the dots are located.
0: I just want to clarify. So now we're in the scan mode, and we're uh, making three columns on a piece of paper. Right. The left-hand column is labeled important information.
1: Yeah, we usually call that headings or uh, or abstracts or whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter what you want to call it. You're going to be writing down uh, important information that you have identified. You're going to write down uh, anything in bold. You're going to write down anything in italics, anything in distinctive text.
0: And then to the column, because we have three columns, so, yes, so the middle th- column is where you'd write down the page number? Where no, the-
1: you, you would do that on the far right-hand column, because the middle column is where you're going to put detailed information. But we're not going to do that yet.
0: Okay, so for example, if the word missionary were in bold, on the left-hand column you would write the word missionary. Correct. On, uh, on the left-hand column, and on the right-hand column you would write page 13. Correct. And we have not done anything with the middle column yet. That's right. Okay, thank you. You've
1: not done anything with the middle column. All you're doing is cataloging the information now. You're going to make for yourself a little anthology, a little uh, glossary, essentially. And you're going to indicate the main word, and on the right-hand column, you're going to indicate what page it's on. And in the middle, when we do the next step, we're going to fill that information in. And so as we go through, we're going to write down the headings. We're going to write down um, uh, important words. And depending on the type of reading you're doing, let's say you're doing reading for uh, uh, history, you would use uh, another technique, a, a, a supplemental technique known as ABCOQ. And I'll get into that technique after we finish this, okay? Okay. Uh, But you're going to put in the important information, and you're simply going to write it down. You're going to list the things you're going to need to learn so that your brain knows and now has a list of what's important in that chapter. So as you thumb through, you look at each page, and you find the important words or terms, and you write them down on your list, and you put the page number where it's at. Thank you. You with me?
0: Good. I think everybody is.
1: Okay, you go all the way through to the end. Now, at the end, you're going to see the terms that he has uh, in the back of the chapter. Now, if you've done this correctly, you're going to have those terms listed on your left-hand column, aren't you? Yes. And you're also going to have the page number of where that term is defined or illustrated, correct? Yes. Okay, so half your work's already done. At the same time, you're going to see the summary at the back. And now you have a uh, much better idea of what the summary means because you've got some of the dots placed. Plus, you're going to look at the questions. And now that you know where all the information is located, you pretty well know where you're going to find the answer to those questions, don't you?
0: Yes. Now, how many minutes does it take normally for this scan, Step 3 for scan.
1: Uh, scan should take, depending on how fast you write, scan should take about 15 to 30 seconds a page.
0: Okay.
1: No, no more than that. It depends on how many uh, items of distinctive text you're gonna find on a page.
0: Okay.
1: And Some how of, of them much? are more dense than others. Okay. But you're not trying to read anything, you're simply looking for distinctive text and listing it.
0: Okay.
1: That's it. And as you go through and you're at the end of the chapter, you now know where the important information is and what the important information is, and at this time, you're going to write the questions down on the left-hand side.
0: Write the questions?
1: The questions that are at the end of the chapter.
0: Now, you don't have to
1: write them out in their full form. You just need to write the gist of the question so that you know this is critical information that if you take a test, you're going to have to know the answer to.
0: And you're going to write that on your left-hand column? You're
1: going to write that on your left-hand column. Okay. And after reading the questions and after looking at your list, you're going to pretty well know where those answers are you've now been able to geographically locate in that text where that answer is going to be but you're not going to go there yet don't get ahead of yourself you've got to follow the system you know it's just like uh... you know kneading bread and putting it in the oven you don't want to take it out of the oven too soon okay, okay so you're at the back you've got on your left hand column you've got a list of all of the uh... critical information the important information you have a list of the terms you have a list of the questions and you have a list of where those uh, terms are, and you don't have a, a, a location for the questions yet. Now we're going to do the skim. Okay, We're at the back of the chapter, and we're going to skim forward back to the front of the chapter. As we skim, we're going to work from the bottom of the page up, just above the questions, because we're going to go in reverse order. And this is kind of strange. A lot of people say, why are you going in reverse order? Well, one of the reasons why you're going to go in reverse order is that when you have these major headings and you try to go in the conventional style of front to back, uh, you tend to get bogged down in writing a note under the major heading and just to find out if you skip down a little bit, all the detail is there. So we're going to work the detail first. So as you work back to the major heading, you've already got the detail for that. And so, as you go back through, you go to that page, and whatever that term is, whatever that thing you wrote down on the left-hand column, you skim around it to be able to either define, identify, or indicate some significance to what you wrote down. You're not going to read everything, you're simply going to draw a circle of maybe an inch maybe two inches, depending on the size of the text, around where that thing is located, and you're going to skim that very quickly so that if it's a term, you know what that term means. If it's a date, you know what was significant about that date. If it was a name, you know who that person is and why he's written in that chapter. If it's a location, what its significance is. And what you're doing is you're putting pegs all through your brain. You're putting little points that you're going to be able to connect the dots, and you work this all the way back to the front of the book. This should take about a minute to maybe two minutes a page. You're not trying to, at this point, compose an essay, although there is a, a, a uh, writing method that we can apply to this to help you compose an essay. If you're just taking notes, you should work a minute or two per page and work your way back.
0: Now Are you um, writing those sentences on your notes or just reading it?
1: You're writing sentences in that middle column.
0: In the middle column now, okay. In the middle
1: column. You're filling in that middle column with either bullet notes or whatever information you're going to need to know about what that thing in the left-hand column means. If it's a name, who that person was, and why they're important. If it's a date, what's significant about that date. If it is a term, how that term is defined in context. And then, as you go through, you have the you have the questions right there on your notes. You're going to find the answers to that question, those questions, aren't you? Yes. Because as you're going back, you're gonna you're gonna notice where the answers are, and you're going to write the answers down for those questions, and you're going to indicate the page number where those answers are.
0: Which saves you a lot of time too, from fooling around trying to find it all the time.
1: That's right. You're sitting there playing ping pong. Okay. And instead of playing ping-pong, you're going through with a very methodical sweeping motion. You know, you're sweeping quickly, then you're sweeping a little slower, then sweeping a little slower, and then sweeping a little slower.
0: Is there a benefit to typing this up in a Word document?
1: No, you can do it in a Word document. That's In fact, that's how we train our our students who are on PC, is that they set up a three-column table and do the exact same thing, list the stuff in the left-hand column, put the page numbers in the right-hand column. And one of the things that affords you if you're doing this on PC is that you're able to sort according to the page number so you can get it in chronological order. Okay. Or you can sort it alphabetically in the left-hand column. And also, if you're doing combined notes with other people and they're using the same note-taking technique, you can just paste their table into your table and then sort it by the numbers in the right-hand column and you've got the other person's notes interspersed with your notes in the proper order.
0: I suppose when it comes time to take a CLEP test or an AP test or any type of test, you have these great study notes.
1: That's right, that's right. Uh, my wife is taking a course right now in humanities and she's using this note technique. Oh, by the way, she's maintaining a 4.0 average in college. And so she's uh, taking a course in humanities and she was concerned about how detailed notes she needed to take. And she went to a professor and showed the professor her notes and he nearly fell out of his chair.
0: Huh.
1: He couldn't believe that somebody was able to take these notes in such a comprehensive manner. And she is because she knows the technique.
0: Do you ever then go back to the front of the chapter and read it all the way through, or have you gotten enough information here?
1: Well, you've just completed the inspectional reading. With the information in inspectional reading, you should be able to take and pass and most likely make an A on an objective test a multiple-choice or fill-in-the-blank or matching type of test because you've got all of the information. You've already cataloged the information. They're not going to be able to ask you questions other than questions that have to do with determining the significance of a term, defining a term, the significance of a person, or the significance of a date. There's nothing else they can really ask you.
0: So you saved yourself from reading it from beginning to end, and you're actually going to understand it much better and then have better notes.
1: That's right. And then at that time, if you want to read it front to back, you don't have to do the detailed reading. You do, you, you, you lightly skim the stuff going back to kind of get a flow, but generally you don't have to do that. We have students who after they finish their analytical reading, uh, they make a test based on the components of the notes that they have, and then they give the test to each other, and most of them all make A's, maybe miss one or two questions because you've already got the information. Now, it, it, it sounds strange because this is not the way you learned in school, but I, I assure you if you use this technique, it's going to take you less time, and you're going to be able to recall more information.
0: I feel like I'm cheating. Like, it's so easy. I feel like I'm cheating.
1: Well, it's not cheating. What it is is that you feel that, that if you don't work hard and you don't do it the old-fashioned way, if you don't get down and pull every blade of grass one at a time, you feel guilty because, it's you know, I don't know anybody who feels guilty using a riding lawnmower, but, you know, that, that's the wrong kind of guilt. If you're doing something better, faster, and more efficient... Uh, and it's helping you. There shouldn't be any guilt involved, but there, you know, there, it should. Learning should be a very effective and efficient exercise.
0: See, now my son's going to be able to finish this really excellent biology book, whereas normally he would not have been able to. So he's going to learn more and get a better education.
1: So that's right. We, in fact, we we um, have a uh, a CLEP program. Uh, for biology and uh, the students went through the biology book using the same method and we had six students who, who did this as a group and then they all passed the biology CLEP and that's six hours of college credit.
0: Now could you explain just really quickly what the CLEP exam is? And the Well the, the, the CLEP
1: exam, uh, it's an acronym for College Level Examination Program and uh, there are uh, a few tests that are available that colleges will grant credit for because you've passed the test. The CLEP is the most popular and the most widely accepted. Uh, just about every college will ac- accept some of the CLEPs.
0: So you would finish this test, te- uh, excuse me, textbook, like a biology textbook. <coughs> right. and you would take the CLEP exam and now you have something in your high school portfolio that proves that you mastered that material.
1: That's right. And, and, and again, uh, just about, uh, I'm going to say, just about all of the state colleges, a significant portion of the private colleges, and just about all of the community colleges will accept those credits.
0: So this is a great way to get subject area, subject-specific expertise really quickly.
1: That's right, that's right. We're, we're, we're running a group, we've just finished a group of students who finished the, the sociology CLEP using, uh, this technique and, and, uh, and I'll give you statistics on those kids. 16 kids started the program, 14 tested, and 12 passed the CLEP. And these are kids ages 12 to
0: 16. Oh, it's very impressive. I, all your statistics are impressive. So is this good for biology, like science textbooks and history textbooks? Any other type of books that you use?
1: Generally, generally, when you're dealing with core info, when we say information, it's we use what's called an information processing model. All of the stuff that we we train is based on um, uh, researched theory on learning. The information processing model is uh, the basis for, uh, if if people are familiar with with education training, the uh, instructional systems design model and the systems approach to training. These are all techniques that are used uh, by industry and by the military. In fact, I learned how to apply systematic uh, learning techniques while I was in the military because uh, most of my job at that time was training soldiers, and I developed techniques that they could train soldiers uh, to a higher level in a shorter period of time. In fact, I actually got a medal for doing that back in 1982 in developing uh, training systems that allowed them to train more, higher competency, and less time.
0: Plus, not everyone is a solid reader or a fast reader.
1: You don't necessarily have to be no. fast or solid. You have, to, you have to be able to go in and collect the information.
0: Okay, so you wouldn't necessarily use it for a literature class, like where you're reading a work of fiction, but for you know textbooks, this is an excellent technique.
1: Well, you can also use it uh, in in literature. There is a slightly different technique that you use uh, in literature because you're looking for different things, but the same process. And, and again, if you're reading for pleasure, you don't want to do this. Okay, it's like the difference between mowing grass and gardening. Right. You really want to don't want to do gardening real fast.
0: Did, so, are the if test you, tests only offered once a year, or do you finish the textbook and then go ahead and uh, sign up and take the CLEP? You well,
1: know, the CLEP tests are available uh, year-round. They are. Um, uh, you have to check with your local college or junior college, or or uh, contact the CLEP people, and they'll tell you where the testing centers are. Most of the junior colleges. Community colleges have testing centers that are available on a weekly basis that you can CLEP. So uh, that's it, that's... go ahead.
0: I, I'm sorry, Dr. Beasley. It's, once again, it's that um, little delay. So if you take the um, uh, the biology CLEP, then you don't have to take that biology class in college.
1: Well, yes, uh, I, I can't say that across the board because, uh, again, individual colleges have different policies on how many credits they they accept from CLEP. So before you uh, embark on taking CLEPs, um, you need to you need to determine what your overall strategy is going to be towards college and determine if the college path you're taking is going to have colleges that accept the CLEP exam. At least um, an
0: excellent final exam. What's that? And at the very least, it sounds like an excellent final exam yeah yeah yes, exam yes. that a college admissions officer would appreciate
1: right it's a very it's a, it's an it's the best validation for your learning like it depends on what you're doing now i if you want me to get into the college counseling mold to hear a little bit about exams i i i will if you want me to, Rebecca. yes please okay uh there are a lot of tests that are used uh to validate the um the advanced learning of, of homeschool students. Um, the SAT-2, which is the SAT subject exams, are often used AP exams and CLEP exams. And some uh, some states, such as Georgia, requires homeschool students to take certain SAT-2 exams, subject exams, primarily in math, uh, English, and science. And, I, and don't quote me on that, but that's, that's my best recollection. Um, and... Uh, I'm not a big proponent of taking the SAT-2 because the same amount of effort you would have to put in to take an SAT-2 and the same level of subject mastery, you can turn right around and take the CLEP exam and get college credit for it. The Same thing with the AP. I'm not a very large proponent of, uh, the AP because, uh, first off, it's only, it's only offered once a year and second, even if you took uh, the full scree of AP exams, the number of credits that you could get uh, is, is minuscule compared to the number of credits you could get by applying the same amount of effort towards the CLEP exams. And let me give you a specific example. If a person takes the English AP uh, and they can only take one of those APs in any given year, on a good year, if they score real high, they might get three to six college credits for scoring high in that exam if they turn around and take the clep exams they can get six hours of credit from the freshman composition exam six hours of credit from the english composition exam six hours from uh... In literature interpretation six hours of american literature and six hours of english literature that's thirty hours of college credit for roughly the same amount of effort they would have to put in to take an AP exam. Now, 30 hours is almost a major in English.
0: Now, would a college say, oh, I don't want this student with all their cleps because then they're not going to pay tuition money to take the classes here with again,
1: us? Again, uh, individual colleges are different. If you are looking to position yourself, let's say, for a freshman scholarship, um then you probably don't want to take a lot of college credit. We had a case uh about 3 years ago at Texas Christian University, which happens to be my alma mater. That particular year we put three kids in on presidential scholarships, full rides. And one girl almost lost her presidential scholarship because she almost disqualified herself as a freshman because she had too, she had accumulated too many hours. And at at Texas Christian the, uh, cutoff was 24 hours and, and we found this out by accident is that I was coordinating, uh, um, uh, the enrollment over the summer of this particular student and had advised The, uh, admissions people on the other end that she was taking some courses in the summer and that after the summer she would have 30 hours and the, the admissions person said, oh no, if she takes, if she's got 30 hours then she doesn't qualify as a freshman and she'll lose her scholarship. So I had to call the student up and say, you have to drop your courses. Okay. And, and, and those are quirks in the system because the system is not generally set up for high school students to accumulate a large number of hours before they go to to, uh, to college. So we we develop particular strategies for students who accumulate large number large amount of college credits before they go to college.
0: So you could go to www.collegeboard.com and find the colleges universities that you're interested in, and then find out what their CLEP policy is.
1: That's right. That's right. You need to find the CLEP policies. And, and depending on the school, most of your state universities are, are, are pretty uh, uh, liberal about CLEP credit. Most of your community colleges are. And in Texas, where I am, uh, by statute, all of the credits, all of the core credits of, of that are specifically numbered by the State education agency that you take in junior college are by by law required to be transferred to a four year college and they have to accept them if they are a state school. Uh, so uh, one of those, uh, a lot of those courses can be uh, covered by CLEP exams and because the junior college accepts those co- those credits, the state college has to accept them.
0: I like the AP exam, but it is tough that it's only offered once a year in May. You know, that's nice thing about the CLEP that you can be fresh on the biology book and then go and take mm-hmm. that exam.
1: Right. And, again, I'm not a big proponent of the AP because you're not going to get very many, very many college credits for taking the AP exam. Um but the it
0: uh stand out in the application process, don't you think to be an AP scholar?
1: Well, it depends. I can cuz uh, and and I'm going to I'm going to give you and I have a few minutes here. I'm going to give you a little story. Uh this was at the uh, Southeast Texas Home uh, uh uh, homeschool Association down in Houston last year um, uh, I was giving a workshop on preparing homeschool kids for college and I followed Dr. Singh who is the admissions director for the University of Houston and uh, what he was doing was telling homeschool parents how to package their children to appear like public school children and if you want to package your children uh, your students to go to a college and appear as much like a public school student as you as you can, then AP is the way to go. If you want to give your student a head start and a jump, a jump as much as two years entering college, then CLEP is the way to go. We have a girl who's graduating this year, and she's graduating. Uh, she'll finish this year with 45 college credits. And she's going to enter college this fall uh, as a second semester sophomore. She's probably going to go in as a junior because she's going to go to summer school and pick up college credits. And she'll enter as a junior coming straight out of high school. Now, that's what that's the strategy her family chose to to take. And she's going to chop two years off of college. Other people want to be packaged so that they can. Uh, um, be competitive for freshman scholarships. And we've done that with a a young man in Georgia where we packaged him for an Air Force ROTC scholarship. We had to do SAT twos and APs and things like that. So it really gets down to how you want to be packaged for college and what your college strategies are. I'm a big proponent of taking the Claps, get the jump on uh, the hours and entering college as a sophomore or a junior. Other families say they want to focus on the freshman scholarships, and then I advise them on what they need to do there too.
0: I'd love to interview you on that topic this summer, if I may, about preparing your homeschool student for college.
1: Oh, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'd be very glad to share that.
0: Uh, Dr. Beasley, do you mind if we open up the call and take some questions?
1: Well, can I put in about another two minutes here because I left a technique out that I really wanted to share with you.
0: Yes, please.
1: Okay, this technique is called ABCOQ. That's what I mentioned earlier uh, of a supplementary technique that we use, A-B-C-O-Q. That's an acronym for abstract of terms. That means the definition of, of keywords. Biographies, that's the B for the people. C is chronology. O is outline and Q is question. When you are going through and doing your scope schema, scan-skim and you are taking, let's say, a history exam, you may want to use the ABC OQ technique where you're going to specifically extract the terms, the names of people, and the chronologies and use them in your left-hand column. The outline would be putting the left-hand column headings, uh, the, the headings in the text in the left-hand column and, of course, uh, the questions. Now, one of the things that we do is we teach the collaborative learning technique, group study, and in traditional group study, you know, uh, I would take chapter 1, you would take chapter 2, and somebody else would take chapter 3, somebody else chapter 4, and somebody else chapter 5. And then, you know, the person taking chapter 3 has a flat tire, the person taking chapter 5 gets the flu, and you have all of these gaps in the group study. Well, what we do is we use A, B, C, O, Q in the group study so that Everybody does every chapter except everybody does a slice of the chapter. For example, I would do the abstracts of terms in Chapter 1. You would do the biographies in Chapter 1. The third person would do the chronologies. Somebody else would assemble the outlines, and somebody else would deal with the questions. And then Chapter 2, we rotate. And then we all share our notes using the note-taking technique. If it's on PC, they can merge their table with my table. And then because I'm already familiar with that chapter having done a slice of that chapter. I already have pegs in my brain and dots on my map that that can very easily be connected. It's very simple to overlay that other information on what I already know and that's one of the ways we are able to get students in collaborative learning through CLEP exams very quickly. When I say we do this, we do this on the internet. These kids are not in the same building. We teach the kids how to do it and they collaborate via the internet, combine their notes and then go take the CLEP exams. So it's something that can be done very easily uh... over the internet we've had students uh... using this technique prepare and take a CLEP exam in a little in in as little as a week
0: really with rejection is it like just cramming for an exam or do you remember no
1: they really learn it because it's a very thorough Process and be, and it takes time. You know the kids are not going to be able to do it the first time out of the shoot. But somebody who's got let's say uh, 12 to 18 hours of CLEP experience and having used the technique, by the time they've done that, they've got the technique down and they become an information processing machine. They're able to learn things very quickly because they have the system set up because Even the dots have- are already connected in their brain.
0: And if you, even if you only do one little slice, it still allows you to look at all the different photographs throughout the chapter. It still allows you to see the whole chapter.
1: That's right. You're still familiar enough with the material, so you're not learning brand new material when they're sharing the information. You've got, you've got pegs in your brain to hang the new material. You'll be surprised when you use this how fast you learn.
0: So for a homeschooler, they could have, you know, their child or children and some friends come over and then they divide it up then and that way they could be taking the history or the science class together at the same time
1: right right and again you know this is not limited to college courses it's very it's very useful with the cleps and the students that we work with taking the cleps we use this this technique but it's the same thing across the board we teach this to our seventh graders um... and uh, they use it in their regular courses that they take from us so and, and we also teach it to dentists and accountants and lawyers because this te- technique is universally applicable
0: now you also have a, a speed writing um, technique, which we won't have time here today, unfortunately. But I thought we could offer that as a, a special class for homeschoolers.
1: Right, we can we can do whatever whatever you know we can do to help the homeschoolers because we we are very focused on the homeschool community. We we right now probably service. Uh, some 200 homeschoolers uh, via distance ed, teaching them not only these techniques, but providing a curriculum that is very compatible with these techniques.
0: Is that through uh, www.gatewayprep.com?
1: That's that's right. They can go to that website and uh, and email me through that website, and just tell them that the, that they heard me on this uh, on this program, and that stuff will get straight to me. And they in fact they can go on the website. There's some students who have used the program. In fact, with, uh, our 16 year old. Uh, uh college graduate is on uh, on on streaming video and we have a 22 year old college professor who's a product of our program, and, and quite ironically, uh, uh, two years ago, he was teaching a college class. As the professor, one of our students was in the class as a student. She made an A and was the top student in the class because he taught the class using our techniques. She knew the techniques by heart and was able to absorb the information and process the information because she had been trained to do it.
0: So That's dot com. That's correct. If our listeners have a, a high school student, can they sign up with Gateway Prep as their high school?
1: Yes, they can. We are a uh, non-profit educational corporation registered in the state of Texas. We are a uh, legitimate diploma granting institution listed on the national roster of secondary schools and we have a college board number. We've uh, again I-, I used to be able to say this. I can't say this anymore because our kids have graduated, but 2 years ago we had students on full scholarship at all of the major universities in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And um so our top graduate last year went to Lehigh on a full scholarship and um we've had uh many students go through college on scholarship and we do a lot of students who uh who uh, doing college prep and getting them into, into competitive colleges and, uh, preparing for them for scholarships. Now we don't get everybody a scholarship, but we can position them to, to get into the college of their choice and teach them, teach the families other funding techniques other than scholarships. And I don't know if you, if the listeners know this, but I went to college, uh, 22 years and I paid for one semester. Really? Yes.
0: Okay, so you're also an expert then on the college prep, the application process, and on getting scholarships.
1: That's right. I don't want to say getting scholarships because a lot of times people, you know, call up say, I need a scholarship and I need to check by Thursday.
0: Uh-huh. And th- that
1: doesn't work very well. The scholarship process uh, is generally long gestation type of process. You need to start uh, probably the... Uh, second semester of the junior year to do it properly. Now I have had some some very, I've had some records in, in getting college scholarships but that's not what I count on. I count on getting the student properly developed, uh, getting their uh, their uh, portfolios and stuff together second semester of their junior year and then there's a process. We go into the selection application funding and enrollment process after that.
0: That's excellent. We should definitely interview you about that as well. Well Dr. Beasley we only have eight minutes left in the hour. So, would do you feel comfortable giving out your email address if people want to contact you or do you think there'll be too many?
1: Well, they can contact me through the through the school's uh, website. There's an email address on there. That way I'm able to track them better if they just send me my email because I get so much email, my filters may bounce them. Oh, okay. So
0: that's
1: and, uh, gatewayprep.com. Yeah, gatewayprep.com and I think the, there's a place you could click on that's info at gatewayprep.com and, uh, just indicate that they were with the program and that'll get, uh, that'll get to me. Cause if they, if they get to my personal email, I'm prob- most likely half of them are going to get
0: bounced back because of the filters. Okay. So, um, callers, we've been talking with Dr. Cooney Beasley with gatewayprep.com. Boy, he's an expert in so many areas. We will be speaking with him again and again and again during our teleconferences. So I'm going to open up the call. Um, There are a lot of people on the line. So if you would be so kind, please press star six, and this will mute out your personal phone. And that way, it'll keep the noise down and give you some privacy. I think we only have time for one question. So callers, of star six to mute out your phone. And I'm going to come out of this conference line right now and take the first question. Hi, callers. We can hear you now. Thank you so much. I hear you muting out your phone. Thank you very much. Boy, isn't this excellent? There. Does anyone have a question for Dr. Beasley? Take advantage of this time with him before we um, close it for the night. Yeah. Hello. I can hear you. There's just, um, there's so many people on the call. That's why there's an echo. So star six, if you're not asking a question, if you do have a question, don't be shy because we all benefit from it. Could you briefly review the ABC... Mm-hmm. The ABC- again? Dr. Beasley, let me repeat that. She said, could you just briefly review the ABCOQ again and what each one of those stands for and how you use it?
1: Okay. ABCOQ. Stands for A is abstract of terms. Those are the proper nouns or, and that you see in the text or anything in bold. Anything that, any words that you need to learn. B is biographies, the names. C, chronology, the dates. O is outline, generally do, uh, dealing with the Headings and subheadings found in the chapter, and Q, of course, are the questions. Those are the things that you would look for if you're going to use a more detailed uh, approach in your in your scope, schema, scan, skim. You can uh, also use the A, B, C, O, Q process. If you're dead tired and you can't read, you simply go and pick out A, B, C, O, Q elements from the text.
0: And as you mentioned, too, if you're doing group learning, you assign um, a different person to each one of these. That's correct. And then they combine their Word documents. Right. Thank you, caller, for clarifying that. Do you have another question, please, for Dr. Beasley? I have a question. Could, that, could he tell us where, if there is a source that we can obtain this method? Is it in writing? Is it on DVD? Can we buy it? Dr. Beezy, they're wondering if you have another source for this exercise. Oh, yes.
1: Uh, in fact, Howard Berg and I have just produced a new four-hour video called The Ultimate uh, Reading Solution that uh, is so new we don't even have labels for it yet. It was, it was produced just before Christmas and it's available and if you'll ask for it, uh, when you go to the website and you email me, if you ask specifically for the, um, the reading DVD, uh, we can get information to you, uh, on that DVD. And it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be available for public, uh, purchase probably the 1st of February.
0: And on homeschool.com, uh, we have a special e-course with Howard Berg. Dr. Beasley's partner, Speed Reading for Homeschoolers, which is really excellent, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like $29, and it's emailed to you instantly. It includes the PDF instruction sheet and this hour-long audio like we have with Dr. Beasley. And I, I think that that really helps, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is, this, is, uh, this is just the next generation of that. And, and what uh, Howard and I did was we combined the programs so that we could insert a lot of these techniques that he didn't have in his speed reading program.
0: Do you have any other helpful products or services over at Gateway or through you? First?
1: Well, yes, we do, and I don't know if we have time to go into them. Best thing that, that the folks can do is go to the website. There's a lot of information available on the website. Uh, we uh, and and we and I, if I'd have time to tell this, uh, we we made history this year for the first time in history, a regular private school outsource their academics to a homeschool support organization. We have a private school in the Houston area that has no teachers. They completely uh, operate and outsource via the Internet to our school, and our staff deals with them via distance education, and they essentially homeschool at private school.
0: And so your expertise at Gateway Prep is um, kind of getting through high school faster with college credits and being prepared so that when they apply to colleges, they can, you know, they have these college credits and they can hopefully get scholarships.
1: Right. We just, our our mission is very simple. We prepare the student for success after high school, whatever that success may be.
0: Oh, that's true. Not just for college then. That's right. Well, that's excellent. Let me see if we have time for one more question. Thank you, callers. Those are excellent Excellent questions. questions. We have time for one more and if you're uh, not speaking, please mute out your phone, star six. That will just make thank you. I can tell there's a cell phone on the line, too, and that causes that echo as well. So one last question, please. We're talking with Dr. Cooney Beasley with the Gateway Prep. Do many of the colleges accept the clap test? Dr. Beasley, her question was, do many of the colleges accept accept the CLEP exam?
1: Yes, uh, just about all of them. I I think there's only a handful that don't. But each college is unique on which CLEP exams uh, they accept. Some colleges accept all of them, and some colleges only accept uh, a specific number of them. And some colleges limit the total number of hours. Uh, And that's why you need to check with the individual colleges and see what their policies are.
0: So, I mean, does that make a college application look stronger for a homeschooler if they have these CLEP exams and high SAT scores and possibly I, I, Again, it
1: has to do with the strategy in which you're entering college. If you're entering college and you want to go in as an advanced student and enter college coming out of high school as a sophomore, uh yes, that looks good, but if you're looking at uh, uh depending on what college you're doing and how you're trying to package yourself uh for that college there's no one standard rule because uh when you start getting college credit the rules start to change
0: what about if you just you want to have uh you don't want to race through college you want your children to have a nice four year experience there but you'd like them to be able to get into their first choice college into you know a good college
1: the the cleps are very good the and then if that's the case then we recommend the SAT twos uh for them and if you're going to go more conventional then we need to move to more of the conventional test and and, and package the student more like a public school student.
0: Are the SAT-2s only available a couple of times a year?
1: Right, they're, they're available and the, and the SAT brochure tells you which testing dates they're available where the students go in in the morning and take the regular SAT, the SAT-2 subject exams are offered in the afternoon.
0: Okay, so they could use, you know, go through the biology book for example, use your a notes here and then take the SAT-2 for that uh, subject.
1: Right. And, and some colleges actually offer credit for the SAT-2. Not very many, but some do.
0: So you think that your note-taking system here is really good for the SAT-2s as well?
1: Well, it's good for anything you need to learn, and even if you're a doctor, lawyer, dentist, or an accountant. Uh, the other thing, and, and let me stick this in here as a quick strategy, if you take the SAT-2 and get into the college that accepts CLEPS, once you're in the college, you can start taking CLEPS then too, and, and that will be posted to your transcript. That's
0: just excellent. Um, We've been talking with Dr. Cooney Beasley with Gateway Prep. He's been giving us an excellent technique on how to finish a textbook in half the time with twice the comprehension and then being able to uh, pass these high-level exams using this technique as well. So, Dr. Beasley, thank you very, very much for your time today, and we will definitely have you back again and again. You'll be our Dr. Phil.
1: Thank you very much. We have the same hairstyle, by the way.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me.